Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rebecca Knight. It's Election Day, Tuesday, November 8th, and we have the latest news you need and want to know. Plus, we'll talk about some of the most important midterm races happening across the country. But first, here's the latest. Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes will not receive a new trial. That's what a federal judge decided Monday after Holmes failed to produce new evidence. Holmes was found guilty on four counts of fraud in January for deceiving investors while running her blood testing company. She's currently pregnant and has been on bail since the verdict. So what's next? Well, Holmes will be sentenced on November 18th and is facing 20 years in prison for each guilty count. But legal experts say she's unlikely to face the maximum punishment. Florida is bracing for another hurricane. The state's east coast is now under a hurricane watch as subtropical storm Nicole is expected to make landfall as a Category 1 storm this week. Governor Ron DeSantis has issued a state of emergency. The National Hurricane Center is warning of potential flooding and storm surge, saying residents should be prepared and listen to local evacuation orders. The Justice Department has found stolen Bitcoin worth billions of dollars, and some of it was stored in a popcorn tin. The 50,000 Bitcoin were taken from the online Silk Road marketplace by James Zhang in 2012 in what the Justice Department says is the second largest crypto seizure ever. Zhang tricked the platform into paying him and recently pleaded guilty to wire fraud. The mystery surrounding the missing Bitcoin caused their value to balloon to over $3 billion. Agents finally found the funds stored on a computer in a popcorn tin in his bathroom last November, and their value has since dropped to $1 billion. Imagine your next meeting at work isn't in a conference room, but in an AMC theater. The movie theater chain is looking to make up for lackluster pandemic earnings, so it's partnering with Zoom to make remote mega meetings happen. Under the new feature, companies can book multiple theaters across the country simultaneously, so their employees in one city can video conference with another city's team, all from the comfort of a theater seat. Theaters can hold 75 to 150 people, and yes, they come with soda and popcorn. This sounds so much better than just sitting in the comfort of your own bedroom in pajamas. Should 16-year-olds be allowed to vote? That question is on the ballot today in Culver City, California. The proposal, known as Measure VY, would expand the voting age from 18 to 16 in the city's municipal elections. Supporters, mainly teenagers themselves, say teens should have the right to vote because they can work and pay taxes. But opponents, including conservatives, say they're too young and would sway the vote because young people are typically more progressive. Here at The Refresh from Insider, we have the news you need and want to know always up to date. And hey, if you like what you hear, help us keep the sound waves on by telling other people to listen to the show. Nancy Pelosi has spoken about the attack on her husband for the first time. The Speaker of the House talked with CNN's Anderson Cooper last night and described the 5 a.m. wake up by Capitol Police. When I'm thinking my children, my grandchildren, I never thought it would be Paul. A right-wing attacker broke into Pelosi's home, assaulting her husband Paul with a hammer while she was in D.C. The speaker raised concerns about a rise in political violence and said misinformation fueled the attack. 
As voters head to the polls across the country, baseless accusations of voter fraud retain a stubborn grip in some circles. In Michigan, a judge has rejected a bid to make thousands of mail-in voters vote again in person. Republican Secretary of State candidate Christina Caromo had filed a lawsuit arguing that Detroit's absentee voter system violates state law. The claims keep up Donald Trump's assertion of fraud in the city in 2020. But at the last minute on Monday, a judge blocked the lawsuit, saying Caromo's team hadn't offered, quote, any shred of evidence of fraud and that the injunction would disenfranchise thousands of people who'd already had their say. Cornell has suspended frat parties after students reported being drugged and one said they were sexually assaulted. The university's campus police say four students who had little to no alcohol at off-campus frat houses became incapacitated. The students believe they were given the sedative rohypnol. Then on Sunday, the sexual assault report came in again at an off-campus residence. No suspects have been named yet. Cornell's fraternities have a long history of hazing. In 2021, 44% of surveyed students said they had experienced harassing behavior. So you know how when you're searching Airbnb and you found the perfect getaway in your budget, maybe a beach cottage or a woodsy cabin or a city pied-à-terre, and when you go to book it, it's so much more expensive than the advertised price? Well, according to the company, that's not going to happen anymore. After a social media backlash, Airbnb said it plans to make the total cost of rental properties, including cleaning and service fees, clearer up front. Airbnb also said it plans to prioritize total price over the nightly price when ranking search results. That's addressing one of the biggest customer complaints about the platform. More people are downloading and using Twitter under Elon Musk's ownership. But is it a sign of success or could it just be that people want to see the drama for themselves? Insider got its hands on data by Aptopia, which shows Twitter app downloads are up 28% compared to last month. Sunday was the site's all-time high for users. Aptopia says we'll have to see how long users stick around, though. Comparing it to an accident on a highway, people might want to stop to watch. Today is the day, the 2022 midterm elections, and there's a lot to look out for tonight. So we're checking in with two reporters from Insider's politics team, Dave Leventhal and Kimberly Leonard. Kimberly, let's start with you. You are in Florida, where former Governor Charlie Crist is up against Ron DeSantis. Now, DeSantis has raised a staggering $200 million, and he spent about $100 million of that money. Why so much? Well, the governor is getting a lot of attention from folks across the country. And with that comes the big donor cash that has poured into his campaign. Probably at the beginning of this campaign, they had thought it would be closer than it appeared to be. But now that they've seen the numbers come in, early voting numbers are coming in, more Republicans are voting than Democrats. And and Republicans have out-registered Democrats in the state. And so the DeSantis campaign is really poising itself for a big win and then perhaps for a run for president in 2024. So that has been a lot of the reason why he's been able to raise so much money. Dave, looking at the big picture, more than 40 million people have already cast their ballots either through early voting or mail-in balloting. 
What does that mean in terms of having results by tonight? It means almost absolutely nothing. There are going to be some (laughs) states in the country that just simply are going to do themselves. And I, I think of states like Oregon and California, Washington State. If we have close races in those particular states, then it may be a while before we find out, especially if it is close nationwide, who controls the U.S. House. There are other states like Nevada and Arizona that are notoriously slow for counting. Colorado is pokey. Michigan is slow often. Pennsylvania could be very tight. So these are the kinds of states where keep an eye on because if you don't get results on election night, again, we may not be getting results about who's controlling Congress, both Senate and House side, for potentially a little while going forward. Kimberly, historically, the party in power almost always loses seats in the midterms. What's your take this time around? That seems to be where things are headed once again. The party in power does get blamed for a lot of the issues that are going on in the U.S. You know, there's a lot of concern right now about inflation, high gas prices. And so that seems to be ranking at the top of voters' concerns. And that appears to be one of the big reasons why Democrats are poised for some losses. Kimberly and Dave, we don't have time to discuss every race, so let's try a lightning round on key races. I'll say a race, and then you give me one sentence that sums up what we should be looking for. Let's go. Dave, in Ohio, the Senate race between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. Blue collar, baby. I mean, J.D. Vance has been, he wrote Hillbilly Elegy, and Tim Ryan is trying to prove that a moderate to conservative Democrat is a species that is not extinct, and they're really trying to appeal to those Ohio voters who have rust in their blood. And it will be uh, very much an indication of what's going to happen nationwide, potentially. Kimberly, in Pennsylvania, the Senate race between Mehmet Oz and John Fetterman. Well, that one's going to be a nail biter. It's probably one of the closest watched races in the country. It's going to be very telling to see, you know, whether the effect that the stroke had on, on John Fetterman and his performance in the debates affects people's votes. Oz has a lot of, of baggage as well in terms of, you know, not being a Pennsylvania resident for most of his life and so forth. And the race for governor there, Doug Mastriano versus Josh Shapiro. This is one of the cases where you might even see some split ticketing. So let's say that the race goes toward Oz. You could then still see a Democrat win for governor. And so that split ticketing is probably going to be prevalent there more so than anywhere else. Dave, let's go to Georgia and the Senate race between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. I keep getting that line from the novelty 50s rock and roll song, Purple People Eater, going through my head. I mean, this is as purple a state as we almost have right now. And it it could very well end the political career of one or the other. And so this is going to be truly a state in Georgia that is going to indicate whether the fortunes of Republicans or Democrats are on the upswing for the next two years and beyond. Kimberly, let's go to Nevada and the Senate race between Adam Laxalt versus Catherine Cortez Masto. This is the one seat that Republicans seem to feel pretty confident about flipping. So they're pretty much banking that Adam Laxalt, who actually was roommates with Governor Ron DeSantis when they were both in the Navy, um, will be winning that seat. And finally, Dave, let's go to Arizona to the Senate race between Blake Masters and Mark Kelly. 
One name comes to mind, and it's Donald J. Trump. In a way, this is a referendum on Donald Trump as much as anything. Joe Biden won Arizona in 2020. If Blake Masters, who is about is in lockstep with Donald Trump as it comes, wins that race, then we know that Arizona has not gone the way of the Democrats and is very much turning back to Republicans. Well, thank you so much to both of you. Kimberly Leonard and Dave Leventhal are part of Insider's politics team. And be sure to check back tonight for Insider's coverage from around the country. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rebecca Knight, in for Dave Smith. Talk to you soon.